0: there and welcome to you talk we highlight stories from across Canada the diverse cultures and communities living here and organizations that help make life the best it can be I'm your host Ryan Funk for those who don't live there Winnipeg Manitoba's North End often has a rough reputation however for Tara Zajac who moved there ten years ago there's no place she'd rather be she knows her neighbors Those in the community care for their own, and she loves how the region almost feels like a small town. Tara is the executive director of North Point Douglas Women's Center and told me a little bit about the amazing work they're doing in the community there.
1: My name is Tara Zajac, um, and I'm the director of North Point Douglas Women's Center. I've actually been with the center for 10 years now, started as a student and thankfully never left, um, whether they had a choice or not. so, um, North Point Douglas Women's Center um, actually originally started in 1999 as the North Point Douglas Women's Group. And it was just a group of women coming together saying that we need to do something for our community. So, North Point Douglas is located between, let's see if I can get this right, between Maine and the river, and then Redwood to Higgins or Sutherland. And so, we're kind of on the other side of Main Street compared to the rest of the North End is all on the the other side. Um, And so back then they got together and they started talking about how there was no resources in the neighborhood. And yes, there was a lot, especially on like Selkirk and and in the North End, but Main Street was a huge barrier. And being that North Point Douglas um, is a low income community. A lot of our families do live in poverty. It wasn't accessible. Transportation was a big issue. Um, A lot of people don't have vehicles. The bus system isn't always the best, so they couldn't get over there. Um, So they started getting together at Norquay School. And then with the help of, um, let's see if I can remember to name everybody, the Social Planning Council of Winnipeg, North End Community Renewal Corporation, bylaws, police, fire inspectors, uh, public health inspectors, um, they actually shut down. The building that we're in right now used to be a store. And the guy was known for selling single um, di- diapers at a ridiculous uh, cost cost price, um, selling substances he knew were not going to be used for their actual intent. And then there was also a lot of family violence in um, in this building as well, in their home. So they were able to uh, get him out of the building and when with the help of North End Community Renewal Corporation and Social Planning Council of Winnipeg, they were able to purchase the building and make it the center that it is now. So our doors officially opened in 2002. It's it's amazing, and it started with um, 0.5 of an employee.
0: And I would just like to say, your memory—that's that's, that's amazing—that you're able to remember all those uh, those names. I know when there's a list of things, my brain just goes blank instantly.
1: You know what? Um, I. I feel very thankful to be here and uh, being a North Ender myself. I'm like proud and true. Um, And I actually, I I love our story. I absolutely uh, love the story and what we've become and any excuse to talk about it. um, My memory just clicks right in and I can just babble off.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of coming from this not so great situation to become this uh, centralized organization that just helps. The, uh the north end. Yeah,
1: so the center has grown a lot over the years. Um and then actually, so it's a, started as a drop-in center. So basically people could come, get a cup of coffee, maybe meet their neighbors, build relationships, and then we had donations out at the time we had clothing donations. And that was kind of the basics of it. And then it's slowly grown to we do a lot of advocacy work with uh, child and family services, housing, Um, We usually have computer access, and I'm going to say usually a lot just because obviously things have been different over the last 15 months due to the pandemic. Um, And it's just slowly grown staff-wise and program to program to program. Um, So about seven years ago now, we started to recognize that we really needed to respond better to the community that we serve. Um, 84% of those that come to our door, come to our, our center in our program, have self-identified as Indigenous and or Métis. Um, and we knew that it was time to maybe switch some of the work we were doing, uh, work from a healing background, follow the seven teachings. Um, and our community was letting us know they wanted more access to ceremony. They wanted more access to traditional teachings, traditional way of life. So we really started to switch how we did stuff. Um, but yeah, but so during normal times, our center would usually, and I was telling someone this yesterday, our center would usually be in operation from nine to nine all through the week. Um, we have a really, really tiny building. It's about 2000 square feet and our drop in space is, um, about 400 square feet. And this is where everything happens. Um, so our drop in happens there, but our programming happens there as well. So the drop-in is nine to five, and then all of our programming happens in the evening from six to nine, kind of depending on it. So it's always like, we're always busy. Um, We're open on Saturdays as well. And then Sundays, a lot of time have turned into a time where we've let community members use our space. Maybe if they have a bigger family and they need a big space to get together. Um, We have our grandmothers who meet here sometimes on Sundays. We do skirt making, um, all of that kind of stuff. But so it's always happening. And for a really, really tiny space we see, obviously this was pre-pandemic, uh, but about we had about 20,000 visits a year. So it was anywhere from like 100 to 150 people during the drop-in, and then our evening programming, depending on which one it was, because we have five different evening programming, so I had to do the math there for a sec. Um, we would see from 10 to 50 people in the evenings. So it's always been happening, um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's it's really a cornerstone of the community there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned a lot of programming. So walk me through a little bit about what sort of programming uh, NPDWC offers to the, the North End community. So
1: first off, we would go back to the drop-in, which is basic needs. Um, so in the drop-in, we hand out um, emergency food products. Diapers, uh, baby supplies, and then feminine hygiene products are also a big ticket item as well. Um, And building relationships with within the community, um, but also with the the staff as well, because usually relationships are everything, right? Once you build relationships with that trust, Um, and then the drop-in also has laundry, so we have a washer and a dryer, and it's a dollar a wash, a dollar a dry, so two dollars a load, um, which if you've ever been to a laundromat, that's actually really really cheap uh we have a public access phone which is a big deal and then we also have a public bathroom um all these things that i think a lot of us take for granted um so that's sort of the drop-in and then we have donations we have a refreshment counter usually with like toast or food if someone's donated a meal and then in the evening that's when we get into our um into the programming and this this goes back 15 months now it's kind of strange um but so mondays and hopefully in september they will start up again um was our uh, men's sharing circle so this started about five years ago um uh, this is kind of confusing but so on tuesdays we have our red road to healing program which is healing from domestic violence and we also say family violence um recognizing that a lot of the families that we do work with um have a lot of the intergenerational trauma and it's not just partner and partner violence there's also a lot of family violence that happens we have this to healing program which was developed developed by shannon buck um who's an amazing lady lady and we're very thankful that she's a part of our extended family um and it's a 10-week program uh it's based on the seven teachings and it's working through that that trauma and that abuse and it's for women only and it is um it's a closed group people do have to sign up for it um Yes, yeah, so we had that on Tuesdays and the women were saying that, so we've been doing that for about eight years now and they were saying that there was nothing for the men. Yes, men are allowed in certain hours um, and they could access certain things, but part of the problem is that the men were still reliving a lot of the past, hadn't been, hadn't anywhere to heal or anything like that. And a lot of our women um, and I myself having been a, a victim of uh, domestic violence, um, we're still with the partners that were abusing them or maybe at home, um, and recognizing that, you know, it's not always easiest to, to leave a partner. So we actually started a men's sharing circle so the men would have a safe space. Um, sorry, I get like goosebumps and I want to cry, but like a safe space um to come and and to talk and to heal. Um, and then also uh Mitch Bourbonnet and uh, Billy Dubri are the ones that have run it. So they would also bring in elders for teachings, uh, they would smudge, they would drum. And initially when we started the men's Healing, healing circle, sharing circle. Um, the idea was to make it an action group. Uh, maybe they would get more involved with Mama Bear Clan or the community. And the men, um, through evaluation and just conversation, have let us know that they just need that safe space. Um, they need a safe space where um, it's okay if they cry. It's okay if they get emotional because I, you know a lot of us. Sorry, um, a lot of a lot of men were brought hey, no up worries. that that wasn't okay. So that's Mondays, and then Tuesdays is our Red Foot Healing Program and then Wednesdays is our parenting program. Um, we used to do Nobody's Perfect Parenting and once again responding to the community we actually redeveloped the program and it's now called Family Family Tree Parenting Program. Sorry I always get mixed up um, and so we actually took Nobody's Perfect Parenting and then um, the Indigenous Traditional Parenting and kind of with a lot of uh evaluation and collaboration made this little this little mesh of the two um because parents were telling us they you know a lot of them needed the nobody's perfect because maybe they needed the certificate to uh, to show child and family services or they wanted to learn how to be better parents um because maybe they they weren't taught necessarily all the skills that some of us were but they also wanted that traditional side so we started doing that And just to give you like a feel, when we were doing Nobody's Perfect Parenting, we would have five to seven people. And as to now, because we're actually still running it online um, via Zoom right now, we had to cut it off at 20 people and we have a waiting list of another 20 people. Um, So doing the adjustment in responding to the community was huge. And it means more people are accessing our programming. It was great. Um, And then Thursdays is our Women's Warrior Circle. Um, And they also still meet via Zoom, and hopefully now with the restrictions changing, they will be in person again. So they're pretty excited. Uh, They just meet at McCall John Park down the street from us. Um, But so this was this came also from um, we've had a lot of women that were once again going back to the Red Road Healing Program and also the drop-in that were saying they wanted they wanted more they wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. more space to be, to be free, to be able to share and talk, but they also wanted to take some action. They didn't want it just to be about healing or sharing circles. So women's warrior circle, um, they actually were the ones that helped develop, um, and start our mama bear clan. So mama bear clan actually came out of this amazing group of women's warrior. And like, so, so glad they continue on with us. Um, but so they were the ones that started Mama Bear Clan, helped uh, develop Mama Bear Clan. Still to this day, they do fundraising for Mama Bear Clan. They also actually do their own fundraising for themselves as well. They have a drum group now, they do teachings, they do medicine picking, um, and they're just this amazing group of women. So that's Thursdays. Um, And then Fridays and Sundays, Fridays and Sundays is our Mama Bear Clan Patrol. So our Mama Bear Clan Patrol, the, the way uh, I'll use Mitch Bourbonnais' words, um, it's a hug for the community. It's We are not, yeah, we're not there. We're not security. We're not doing any vigilante. We're just there to check up on people. Um, we have been very fortunate with donations that we hand out 100, and this is even during the pandemic, 100 bag lunches. Um, and then they hand them out. They pick up needles. Um, if it's during the winter time we have jackets and scarves and mitts. And they just walk around the community, checking up on people. Um, And they just, they really, the Mama Bear Clan, um, the captains and the volunteers, they're really there, like they're coming from their heart. It's a lot of heart work they're doing. And it's just to be there for the community and see what we need and maybe adjusting what we take. Like we started taking um, safe sex supplies out because they let us know they needed needed these supplies. And we'd much rather have people be safe than not be safe. Um, And then during the pandemic, uh, mama bear clan's really been doing a lot of the um outreach on i hate to say education but uh informing people about the changes whether it was the changes in restrictions or the vaccines or whatever um because a lot of our people that either come to the center and or that mama bear clan see don't have access to the computer and their smartphone and all of this sort of stuff right so they didn't know stuff um, but yeah, so that's like a really quick little glimpse of, uh, what we do at the center and I'm missing 500 things. Yeah. Um, but at all of this, like everything we do has come from the community. Um, I always make the joke with people that like, um, I could never even change the color of the bathroom if I wanted to without consulting the community. But that's just that—that that is truly how we are. Where we're literally, if we we were doing flooring a couple of years ago, and we had the community like, which one do you like the most? Because it, this is their space, this is their center, um, and uh, that—that's who it matters. That's what we're here for, right? So yeah, so that's a little blip of what we do.
0: Like you mentioned, action-oriented. You know, getting involved in the community making a difference and, and for uh, many people like they just hear about the north end like oh it's scary ah, oh, don't go there but it's like there's people living there this is their community they've been there their whole lives
1: so i i was brought up in north kildonan well, Nova scotia and north kildonan um and i chose to move back to the north end my dad grew up in the north end so i've lived here for 20 years now and um when i started at the center i lived in the area for 10 years but hadn't really been too involved in the community. And then I started at this center. And my second day at the center we had, at the time it was called our Christmas feast. And investors group put this big event on and like Santa Claus came and there was presents and there was a turkey dinner Um, and you had these people, like you had investors groups, so like people in suits. And then you had us like us employees dressed like elves. And then you had the community and everybody came together to make sure that, hey, did your kid make sure that he got this present? did you get this? Or, you know what? I know that you have kids. I don't need these fruit sacks that I got in my Christmas hamper. And they all made sure everybody was fed and everybody um, stayed and helped and cleaned up. And even to this day, this is one of the reasons why I think many of us love the North End because it's such a small town mentality within within the city, in, within Winnipeg, and with a lot of people seeing the North End as a negative. There's so much good. Like, the minute I walk outside, people are saying, hey, Tara, how are you doing? Um, not too long ago in the winter, I would snuck outside for a sec to check on something. And I had a lady who was living, who I who I know, but she lives in a, one of the encampments. She came over and I wasn't wearing a jacket. So she took her jacket and gave it. Um, and I was like, I, I, I don't thank you very And she would not let me. But people, I think a lot of people, they have this conception because of what they see on the news and what they read it's it's not a safe place it's not a good place but um working in this community and also living in the community and raising a 10 year old boy on my own i i know my neighbors my neighbors will let me know if somebody was knocking at my door at nine o'clock in the morning or what like we we do take care of each other and it is almost it's a small town within the middle of the city
0: yeah so there's definitely a, a mental disconnect from the rest of winnipeg how they perceive yes. The north end then so you talked about the side of your space and something exciting that's going on the great canadian giving challenge what exactly is this and kind of the exciting news of what can come out of it?
1: great canadian giving challenge is something that canada helps puts on every year um mm-hmm. and basically is trying to get people to give more and for every three dollars that charities get um we get uh, one kind of ticket in to win 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do this every year we've done, or maybe we've done this for the last three years, I believe. Um, and this year we decided to do it for our capital campaign. Um, it's kind of, <laughs> we're calling it like a soft, soft launch. Um, so like I had mentioned, our building is 2000 square feet. Um, it's smaller mm-hmm. than a lot of people's homes and rest of the city. And the amount that we squeeze in here, um, I joke and like you have to. Well, like, you know, like you kind of see my office. Like there's boxes there. Yeah. Um. Every square inch is taken, and we need a new building. Um. The center actually started a capital campaign in 2007, and um, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And um, then I had started to look into one in March 2020, and then the pandemic hit, so that got sidetracked. Yep. And now uh, we're doing it, and we're just doing it. There's no more sidetrack. There's no more ifs ands and buts. And the big thing. um, So every dollar or every every three dollars people get gives us an entry to win 20 grand but it's also just a matter to put it out there and let people know we are starting a capital campaign. so Mm -hmm. middle of july there's going to be a lot more news like well it'll be like bam in your face but right (laughs) now it's just letting people know because anyone who's ever come to our building like it's it's unbelievable and i'm not just saying this because i work here but it's actually unbelievable what the staff and the community and everyone is able to do in this tiny, tiny space. But mm-hmm. um, the fact is that we are on top of each other. Um, we really have to, uh, yeah, you know, worry about who's using what space when, because, like I said, the drop-in is our only space. So this is program drop-in, board meetings, any other committee meetings, mm-hmm. all have to happen. Um, and we can't, we can't really grow much right now. Like our staff are on top of each other. Um, Yeah, so it was just, it's time. And so we're trying to do this capital campaign. And I need to say uh, to everyone that's given to the Great Canadian Giving Challenge, it's been amazing. We've almost reached our goal, and we still have a week left.
0: Fantastic. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, having that space will just... Make it feel all the different, well, almost. Yeah, and it's
1: it's our community. Um, like they they deserve it. They deserve to have a proper space where they can go, and whether it's you know maybe there's a child mining room and they can get a little a little bit of a break from the children, or they can learn to cook, or they can do their resumes. They, 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 they. they we need it, but they deserve it. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll be celebrating some uh, breaking ground or I don't know what they call it.
0: Breaking ground or <laughs> ribbon cutting, whatever yes. it
1: is. <laughs> and then we also have the endowment fund. Yes. Um, which I had to, I won't lie, um, just because I'm not exactly, I don't know about other people, but investments aren't exactly my thing. Um, so basically the endowment fund is an investment fund that it generates Annual income through the Winnipeg Foundation. So, mm-hmm. um, to put it in uh, terms I know I understand, is that we have given the Winnipeg Foundation um, funds, and they invest and they protect them for us. And then we're kind of like, and we get um, interest off of this, and that will go. Right now, is just going to go to operational cost. Um, once again, this is something that um, this is something that the center um has wanted to do including the capital campaign too for many many years and due to many obstacles it was never able to happen um with an endowment fund you do need a certain pot of money to start and we've been and once again thank you to everybody um we have been so thankful so i'm gonna start crying again we have been so <laughs> thankful over the last few years um that we have really grown our donor base um we whether it's it's people's time or monetary donations or food or 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 we like we are floored constantly floored with um the the giving and i want to thank Winnipegers and manitobans because i know we're the, we're the most generous people i think in the world but we've even gotten donations from like the states we've had some from europe um wow. but the endowment fund awesome. and also the capital like campaign fund would not be possible if it wasn't for the the donations that we get so and so hopefully the endowment fund will keep growing and it just it helps alleviate um the financial burden that is on the generally the director of applying mm-hmm. for funding or getting more more donations and it's just somewhat as much as an investment can be a guaranteed income every year so every year hopefully it'll grow and it'll grow and we'll have more and more funds
0: And, like, an investment in the center is an investment in the community.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And this this community is um, 120% worth it. Yeah.
0: Of course. Uh, We've talked a lot about the programs, uh, some cool funds and initiatives to help make the center grow and help with the community. But how can we as a community continue to empower women and women of color?
1: I don't know how much time you have to talk. This could be a really long conversation.
0: <laughs> Take as much time as you like.
1: Um, it's uh, so I think from a center perspective, um, from an organizational perspective, um, a couple of the big things for us is first off creating a safe space for women and women of color. Um, oh my goodness, sorry to to be. A space that is their own, a space where where they are safe. Um, they don't have to uh, feel any any threats or worry about threats coming in. Um, but they can also continue to make um, make their own space. I think that's really important. Um, and then also, well, from a central perspective, it is about um, having. Uh, oh, I'm losing my words right now. Um, when it comes to. Oh, I am losing my words um having inclusive hiring policies as well, right? That's a big deal. Uh, especially when we do what for, for us when we do hire, we do try to hire people from the community. Um, we we want to hire people um, with lived experience um, because you can only learn so much from a textbook. Um, but then but so I think then from the bigger from how people support um in their own community or in communities like ours um, is to advocate it's to it's to take a stand it's to uh to support i will support women and women in color um but you know call your local mla or your mp and make sure they're standing up for the policies that they said they would or call them out if they have uh, voted on a policy that they probably shouldn't have um it's about advocating for things like affordable housing affordable daycare, well childcare. um all of these things that um a lot of times even for people, women that may have a partner, they do fall on um, the woman to take care of. Um, and then I think actually on a personal like note, and I think we can all do this in our own lives, is, um, is standing up um, when somebody makes that off comment or they make that maybe that, that rape joke. Um, it's standing up and saying, this isn't okay. This will not be tolerated. Um, and it's also, I will say, it's also educating our children. Um, totally think that it takes the village to raise the children, and our children are definitely mirror images of us. Um, and I think, um, as not even just as parents, but I think most of us have children at some form in in our in our lives, and it's educating them. But I think the big thing, and um, is especially just like standing up. Um, I'm will say that on, I'm still surprised with some of the the sexism and the racism that that goes on. Um yeah. And ask people and volunteer. Give your time. Um as much as I want everyone to to donate or to come to our center and volunteer with us or walk with Mama Bear Clan or bring us a, a box of tampons, which which organization works to you, works for you? Who who is speaking to you and how can you can help help them out? Whether it's our center or maybe North End Women's Center, Andrew Street Family Center. Talk to them. See what see what they need. Um, but support us. Because um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Yes, I think that's
0: it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, hearing the stories of individuals. And it's something, me as a white guy, that I will never understand. I don't get catcalled on the streets. I don't get uh, har- harassed for yeah. the color of my skin. So, yeah. Uh, especially for me, it's fair. I find it's great to hear about the stories of individuals and what's what's going on. Yeah,
1: and I think like another thing is, um, and being I'm also like I'm uh, white female, uh, but it's also challenging ourselves. I think that part of it is um, some of us may not realize some of the beliefs that were instilled in us in a young age, um, whether it's through our family and or also I should say education as well. Um, especially um, with the uh, the current news that keeps coming up regarding the residential schools, um, is education. Um, I, I I know for myself and a lot of the people that I work with in, in my life, we didn't learn about that in school. I I residential schools were not brought up, and if they were, you know, residential schools and the treaties, they were all a good thing. And now I find myself actually learning with my own child about things. Mm-hmm educating ourselves also and challenging our own beliefs um, because the fact is a lot of us, we may not realize it, but we may have some undercurrents of sexism and racism in ourselves.
0: So you mentioned a number of ways, uh, you know, there's monetary, uh, volunteer. How can we continue to help support uh, uh, not only the center, but the North end?
1: Um, once again, I... It's uh, c- call people and ask people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like things do change so fast. I will never. I unless I. Well, I can't think of any uh, nonprofit. But all of us could always use monetary donations. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of people actually understand necessarily. I, don't, I know I didn't know how nonprofits worked before I came into this world exactly. Um, but we depend on the monetary donations, and we are the most frugal stretch a dollar like at it's it's amazing <laughs> how we spend our money um but from there it's donations to um people and especially you know right now it's the heat so bring a case of water people always need food um a big thing actually right now that we've been handing out is pet food um because people mm-hmm. have cats and they have dogs um and maybe you know because dog food can be kind of expensive mm-hmm. and i hate to say it but for a lot of us our dogs are our best friends but it's it's or well, sorry giving us donations of uh monetary stuff, non-perishable food items and time. I love people's time. It's hard during the pandemic, things are starting to open up so like our Mama Bear Clan starting this Sunday will be accepting volunteers again, another 10 volunteers per night. Yes. Um but your time, you your time is so valuable and even when we had to switch from um, when COVID hit and we had to like kind of like shut our doors as much as we felt comfortable with, but we couldn't have our volunteers. And it was a huge thing for all of us staff because we depend on people and giving us your time to make sandwiches, to to organize these donations, to go pick up these donations for us. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I don't think like your time, and then also just your word of mouth, talk about us. Whoever you, whether once again, whether it's our center or another organization, share our post, tell your friends that you've heard about this great organization, North Wayne Douglas Women's Center, um, <laughs> and do what you can. Um, I think a lot of it, and especially Winnipeg, it's it's a word of mouth kind of place. Um, it's just, that's how we communicate. Um, and just get creative, get, do what you can. I'll give it a quick example. My son, because I love talking about him. For his 11th <laughs> birthday because he can't do a party he's collecting donations for the winnipeg humane society mm-hmm. he picked the wrong charity um but like be creative what can you do we've had people drive around just picking up boxes of feminine hygiene products um yeah but i i do and i do get in trouble for this but like find what your passion is because i feel like when people can put, put it where their heart is yeah it means that much more to them and if you want more information call us and ask us we love talking about our work we could talk for days about us (laughs) um so yeah and it's just it's don't ever be afraid i would say to call and ask i i will say as a center we really appreciate and we appreciate everything but when people call and say i'm going to superstore today what do you need and -hmm. then i can tell you um but yeah i think that's yeah I think that covers what we need. Yeah, that
0: covers. Give North Point Douglas Women's Center a call. I'm sure Tara and the others at the center would love to hear from you. You can also visit their website to donate to the Great Canadian Giving Challenge or contribute to their endowment fund. However, the best thing you can do is give your time and volunteer. If you have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk, this was You Talk, and have yourself a good one.